Welcome to 420 and 3Xs. It's the Smoke Show Podcast. I am your host, Smokey V, bringing you the realest conversations <laughs> with the illest fans. We like to talk about all sorts of stuff in here on the stream. We like to get real. We like to be vulnerable. We like to talk about real situations, relatable problems, interesting topics that often aren't on the table for conversation. I hope that you will join me. Roll yourself a blunt, kick up your feet, crack yourself a can, get relaxed, get cozy, get in a place where you can open up your mind and get ready to dive deep. It is my hope that these conversations that we have with each other can help create better relationships and connections with yourself and with others. Let's get ready for the topic of the week. Let's go. It's Smokey, and we are back with a new recording, new podcast episode tonight. We are live on Twitch and on Kick Live. If you want to join the conversation, please tune in Wednesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We all link in, log in, chat about some deeper conversation topics, things that we've either previously discussed or just that we find interesting. We collectively tune in, do a little talk therapy, find some collective thought, and then we chat about it. So if you want to get in on the conversations, please join us on Twitch and on Kick Live on Wednesday nights. So hello everyone on stream. How are you? Welcome back. Hi Evan, good to see you. What's up Infamous? Big Wayne in the house. If you guys want to join in, like I said, jump in. Tonight's conversation is about adult social skills. (laughs) So, how many of you in the stream feel like you are a well-socialized adult or that you have solid social skills? Or do you feel like they're lacking a little bit? (laughs) Where do you think they fall? Josh says he has solid social skills about everyone else? Jedi says, no, he does not. (laughs) So most adults, I feel like, struggle with social interaction on some sort of a level. Uh, If they don't struggle with interaction, then generally they struggle with authenticity. Uh, It's just, I don't know if it's like a protective thing or if it's just a reactive thing, but oftentimes when adults are socializing, they aren't really putting their true self forward. So The social interactions are also a little bit funky, perhaps. They're not as genuine. Uh, Wayne says his are good, but definitely lacking in some areas, especially the more subtle ones. And Evan says that's a good way to put it, the authenticity. Uh, Yeah, so there's, (laughs) it's kind of hard. I don't know. I don't know why. I guess socialization is always kind of hard. Social skills are hard all the way through, Um, you know, from early development but it doesn't get any easier. And you would think that once you've got like 30 years under your belt, that it should be really easy to just like talk to people. (laughs) It should not be difficult to have a conversation or to be yourself. But for some reason, the older you get, the harder it becomes, I think, than when you're a child and you really just don't care and you're just living your best life. (laughs) 
<laughs> and you don't care if your pants match uh, your shoes and your outfit, or you don't care if you look crazy or people think you're weird. You're just being yourself. So I think that we lose some sort of authenticity as we get older, and that can make social interactions really hard, really hard to connect with people specific times or different things that can be different in socialization. So awkward silence is one. Meeting new friends can be another one. Finding time for your friends, maintaining friendships, um, not to mention dating or just online swiping because I feel like the two are different. We've talked about this before. Like it's totally different to swipe on someone, match with someone, chat with someone on your phone and then to actually get them in person in front of you and have an actual date. So I would say swiping and dating are difficult. Uh, Wayne says, I think part of the problem socially is the importance of conversation or small talk is seriously lacking these days. Yeah, for sure. It is definitely difficult. Um, here, I kind of brought it back. I wanted to bring back social skills and social interaction to an earlier stage when we first start talking about it. And I don't know if it's because now I'm a mom, so I see it through a different lens. Um, but when you have a baby or you have toddlers, there are there's a tremendous amount of pressure to socialize your children. Now, if you don't have kids, you can still face that same amount of tremendous pressure if you have a dog. <laughs> you need to socialize your dog. Okay, um, it's easier to talk about this, you know, not about ourselves, like kind of in third person. So it's easier to kind of transpose this on a loved one that you may have. Now, when you have a living, breathing creature and creation that you love very much, whether it's human or four-legged, um, you want the best for them, hopefully, unless you're really subhuman. Um, you really want to do the best you can with these beings. And part of that is making sure that they have friendships. Part of that is making sure that they know how to go out into the world and interact with like-minded humans or not like-minded, you know, totally different <laughs> mindset and be able to interact successfully. So we put a lot of emphasis on this with children, okay? Some of the things we'd want to teach our children when we're early, and like I said, because I'm a mom, this is stuff that has come up. Now my children are not toddlers anymore, but I can remember this and it's still fresh because they're still young. So we try to teach our kids things like, use your manners, be kind, no bullying, right? Bullies are bad. You can walk through any elementary school in any state USA and there will be some sign of our commitment to anti-bullying. Bullies are bad, don't be mean. Um, we teach them principles like when you're out of control, take a time out, take a break, step away, walk away. We teach them things like be respectful. If you need to convey your feelings, don't yell. Let's talk about them, right? Hold the door open. Um, you know, take care of older people, right? Like respect your elders. Uh, use your words. We also tell children very often to get in control of themselves, control yourself, learn how to control yourself. These are basic principles that nearly every child, including every adult who has been a child at one point, has been introduced to these. <laughs> it's like generational. It is ageless, timeless. These are basic human principles. Am I right? You know what I mean? Like, these are basic interactions. Why is it then that adults do the exact opposite of what we're teaching our kids. The general public does the exact opposite of what we're trying to teach our children, right? That's a good one. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Put others first. 
you know. But if we look at, let me just like, just a couple of those and think about, now I live in New York. <laughs> so my focus group is going to be a little bit different than anywhere else in the country, I'm sure. And any country is going to be different than my experience. Everywhere is going to be different. I'm speaking in generalizations. Um, and this is based, like I said, on my experience. So feel free to tweak that and, you know, accept the parts that are true for you and ignore the parts that are not. But here in New York, the first thing that we teach our children on this list that I said is to use your manners. Now, let me tell you, New Yorkers are not good on that. <laughs> we do not use manners. We use horns. <laughs> we do not say please and thank you. We keep it pushing. Um, but we yell at our kids at the same time to do those things, right? Evan says it's because we're set in our ways more as we get older. We don't want to force anything and we can control situations we put ourselves in. I think so. Um, I think that that is true. I also think that as we become adults, we think we're above the system. <laughs> These rules do not apply to me. I'm not a child, you know, uh, being kind. Like, yeah, we hear this. We hear this phrase everywhere. It's on all sorts of hippie t-shirts and Ellen DeGeneres, you know, be kind, be kind, be kind. And we need a lot of kindness in this world. We really do. You know, we need kindness. But why aren't we kind? <laughs> why are adults finding it so hard to be kind? Instead, we'd rather be uh, manipulative. We'd rather be vengeful. We'd rather be, um, I don't know. We'd rather stir the pot. Let's be honest. <laughs> For some reason, we do not think that these rules apply. Josh says, hurt people hurt people. And it is so true. Joe just said the same thing. Evan says, the money is the root of a lot of unkindness. Money is the root of a lot of unkindness. Yes, yeah, so is stress. So is poor health. So is um, any number of things that are an irritant. You know, these can all be the root of unkindness. But why do we teach our children to control themselves? And then not do it ourselves. Like, what are we doing? It's the exact opposite. You know, we don't know how to integrate and socialize with emotional intellect. We don't know how to talk and bring in these same components that we're expecting our children to practice fluently. People who are experienced in a subject often seem to think they're above the basics of that subject. Absolutely. Absolutely. We think we're professionals, but we're not practicing professionals as adults. Let's be honest here. So some of the things, that, some of the areas that we've talked on stream of where we find it difficult as an adult with our social skills. What are some situations? We've talked about this. We've thrown out some ideas. Um, one of the big ones was making new friends, right? Making new friends is really hard for adults, we find. Go figure. It's something that's super easy when you're a kid. It's easy when you're put in the same vicinity as other people, like your workspace or, you know, your family or your neighbors. Um, but like actually finding like-minded friends out in the wild is a rare occurrence. Let's be honest. And if you're lucky, you may really love your coworkers. If you're lucky and they can be your friends. That's like the most convenient thing. Some people mostly, I find this more with men than with women, but their friends that they've had since junior high are their friends forever, literally forever. They're not going to change. It's going to be the same always, right? But with women, it seems that we kind of change it up, switch it around. 
we do our own thing. We switch with the seasons of life. Now, that's not a rule, but it, it kind of seems to be like a tendency. So wherever your friendships lie, hopefully you have longstanding ones. But then you get caught in the, the situation of, I've known this person my whole life, therefore they must be my friend, and I feel obligated to be friends with them and to do X, Y, and Z. So friendships are, like, weird. Can, can I get an amen on that? When you're an adult, friendships are weird. <laughs> They're really, really strange. Some of our biggest hangups we said with making friends is where to meet them. Where the hell do you find a new friend? When you're doing 45,000 things and most of the things you're doing are for your children or for your family or for your job and you're so overextended, how the hell are you going to find a friend? Where do you meet them? Then once you meet them, how often do you get together? Do you get together? Do we just talk on the phone? Do we actually have to do this in person or can we FaceTime? Do we chat on kick? <laughs> Are we talking on Twitch here? <laughs> Do you want to check and add my, my YouTube? <laughs> right? <laughs> Trusting is hard. Joe says it. Nailed it. People grow apart, Evan says, and life gets busy. It's hard to keep contact. Some people are just associates. Yeah, they don't have the deep friendships. They're just kind of like peers. They float around. You know, we say hello. They interact with us. So we feel like we're socializing, but we don't really care to get much deeper than that. Those surface friends, the peers, associates, you're right. Um, it is hard to trust people when getting to know new people, especially. Jedi says, the friends who only text. Ugh. Text or friends. Text or friends. Now, some people prefer that. Some people just need a friend to text. Let's look at all the motherfucking catfishes out there who literally just want to talk to people, right? There are people who really need to just talk. And some people really need to have that physical interaction, sitting across from that person, sharing a meal, whatever it is. They need to have that. Other people don't. So where is it? Where is the line? How do you figure this out? Do we keep the old friends just because we, it's better than no friends? Do we reevaluate those friendships? Do we find new ones and how do we find them? Then how do we keep in touch with them? So the whole thing, the whole process, the whole situation is unbelievably overwhelming. Let's be honest. It is not a simple situation. To find them, to keep them, to maintain them, friends are a whole thing. <laughs> friends are a whole ordeal. When you become an adult, this is hard. So what do we think here? We talked about places to meet new friends. We discussed it. We threw out some ideas. If you guys have some, uh, throw them out as well. Hobbies. Hobbies is the number one, I think, to find a hobby, to find something that you enjoy, whether it's going out and playing pool, if it's trying new restaurants, going to wine tastings, um, joining a community basketball league or football team, um, if it's joining the PTA, if you want to become a coach, if you, whatever it is, what is it that you like? See, I just ask, and people seem to be uncomfortable answering things like, how hard is it to say I like eating with people? Oh, you mean when you, act, when you ask people what they're into and they can't figure it out? You just nailed the point right here, Jedi. You just got exactly to the point. It is hard to make friends when you don't know what you're into. I'll say it again. If you don't know what you're into, if you don't have a hobby, if you don't have a life away from work and family, that's fine. There are people that are perfectly happy that way and die happy that way. But if you want to make new friends because that's not enough for you, you're going to need to figure out what you're into. 
A friend is someone who gives you total freedom to be yourself and especially to feel or not feel whatever you happen to be feeling at any time. I agree with that, B. Totally. It's hard to find friends that are like that. That level of friendship, sometimes you can stumble upon right away and you find a human who gets you. But most of the time, it takes a long time to get there. It really does. It takes a while. So in order to start with someone who's like-minded, you've got to find something that you have in common. Get out there. Put yourself out there. Interact, really. Friends should also help you to become a better person. So if you can find, that's exactly right, Joe. If you can find something you're into, then you are, chances are you're going to like something about the other people that are there because you have something in common. Now, some people are just annoying and you don't want to talk to them. If you're in a knitting group and all they do is just chit-chat and talk shit to each other, um, I can understand why maybe you might not want to hang out. You know, not everybody is for everybody, but you got to try. You can make it as simple as suddenly you want to start cooking. You want to start cooking, but you don't want to sign up for a cooking class because that's a little too scary. Okay, so let's break it down and make it simple. Instead of going to a cooking class, let's start taking more time with when we buy some groceries. Let's go to a different grocery store. Instead of running to the Walmart Supercenter that you always go to around the corner, maybe taking a little bit more of a drive and going to Trader Joe's and finding some higher quality ingredients and maybe interacting with some of the staff or some people who are also buying similar things. That sounds weird, and it would be like, I could never do that. Okay, well, if you're not doing that, then you're exactly not practicing social skills. Social skills are something that need to be practiced. They're like a muscle. If we don't work them, they die. <laughs> they shrink. They shrivel. They're not going to work. You need to work your social skills. So coming up with a simple exercise to talk to strangers in public, in safe places, <laughs> is a great way to start. Now, maybe you like... Um, cars. Maybe you want to go to, you want to compete in some street races, you know, but that's like super intimidating because there's all these car club people and I'm not quite ready to commit to that. So maybe you join a Facebook group of the club first and you start making friends online and chatting and getting to know people and feeling it out. And then eventually you go to a group meetup and you decide, all right, well, I've met a few people. I'll bring a friend and we'll go down and we'll see how this is. You got to put yourselves out there so you can Figure out what you like. That's the step one. And then step two is take the leap. All right. So that's how we can meet people here. This is hard for some, but I say take it in baby steps and start flexing those muscles. Big Wayne says, I think people feel good when you say a compliment to them on what they're buying or ask for their advice. You're right. This is a great skill. This is a good cheat. This is a cheat. If you want to start a conversation with someone, people love feeling important, okay? They love to feel important or like they're helping someone else. Now, if they don't want to help you, then they're just an asshole and you just keep pushing. <laughs> if they're like, oh my God, they're so weird. I'm not helping that guy. Then you don't want to be their friend anyways, right? Um, but Wayne is right. Approaching, your, approaching someone in a submissive form. Now, that's not saying take abuse or anything like that, but it's submissive in the, in the fact of like, hey, could you help me with this or do you have some advice? People love sharing. They really do. 
they're going to feel important and you're going to engage in a conversation. Now, I'm not saying to use this as a trick to pick up some girl, you know, on a date or to be some kind of a creeper. I'm saying this practice these skills because it works. If you can ask a question and you can have an interaction, you open the door. You will learn so much. So sometimes you might need to play dumb. Do you really want to have a conversation? Then just practice it. It doesn't matter with who. Play dumb. Ask about it. That was a great, great, great suggestion, Wayne. Super, super wise on that one. Always come with a question. We've talked about initiating conversations before. Um, if you want to start a conversation and you don't want to start with the advice or the help way, you know, you don't want to look dumb or whatever, uh, you can take it in another form by talking about different things you see around you. Okay, we can talk about the environment. We can talk about things we've noticed or that we see. We can talk about the weather. Those are things we can talk about, the things we don't want to talk about. We've also addressed this. We don't want to talk about someone else's body, even if it's a compliment. We don't want to say anything about their body or about their clothing. Those are usually superficial and they can be creepy depending on who it is. It's one of those on the line, borderline things. So you just don't want to put yourself there. Um, if you're going to comment on anything, we say shoes are safe. Hats are also safe. You can comment on accessories. All right. So comment on some things that you see when you look around. If you want to have a conversation with somebody, if you're interested, put yourself out there. Find something you have in common by addressing something you see nearby something you've seen, something you've experienced, something that you sense with your senses. Wow, do you smell that? It smells so good in here. It smells like they're baking their fresh bread. Mm, I love that. And see who, who bites. Okay, so this is the way we can meet people. This is the way we can start the conversations. We talk about things that are in common. Do you think the way the world is now makes people less interested in being social with strangers? Yes, I do, Jedi. I do think that. I think that people are a little bit more scared. I think that there's a lot more anxiety in general. I mean, we've got bombs going off in Russia. We've got Jeffrey Dahmer on Netflix. We've got COVID looming at all times. There are so many reasons for us to be anxious. And they're real reasons. They're valid reasons. So to meet someone new and to throw them in your bubble can be extremely anxiety-ridden. However, if you don't flex your social muscle, it's going to just not work anymore. So it's up to you. Not everybody has to socialize. Some people are perfectly fine being a hermit. For me, six months out of the year, I'm perfectly fine being a hermit. <laughs> and that's okay. But if you want to interact and have friends, you're going to need to, just what Evan said, put yourself out there. What's the worst that can happen? Let's talk about our fears. Let's talk about our fears. I, this is something that we haven't covered a whole lot. We have talked about it a little bit, but why are we afraid to interact? Now, we talked about the major things just now with COVID, with the insanity in the globe, um, just everything that's happening. is It's a real shit show. Like, <laughs> our planet's a real shit show right now, and I think everybody knows that. But what is it that we're really afraid of? We've talked about before we're afraid of rejection, 
Yep, and Joe just said that first. Fear of rejection. Rejection in what way? I want to expand on that one because that's always number one. We're afraid of rejection in, like, we're just talking to them in the deli. What are they going to reject? Like, look at us like we're crazy. Just reject. I reject your conversation. <laughs> you know, not being good enough for them. Yeah, being belittled. Go, well, I just tried to talk to you and you think you're better than me. Okay. Opening up and being publicly humiliated. What would that look like? What would public humiliation look like to you guys? Because honestly, it's really hard for an adult to be publicly humiliated in a public setting. Online humiliation and being trolled is like way more likely and can also be way more destructive. But what would that take for you to be publicly humiliated? I want to hear from you guys. Would people just be like pointing and laughing? <laughs> would they be like putting you in a corner with a dunce cap. Like, what does public humiliation look like when you're a 30-year-old adult? Are they going to tar and feather you? Joe says, being ghosted and crying in a restaurant while everyone is looking at you. Joe just got stood up on a date. It was total, total bullshit. And she's right. That's public humiliation. They pulled you out to this place. Uh, they let you, you know, you trusted them. You thought it was real. And then they just leave you. It's embarrassing. That can be sad, especially if you cry, you know, then everyone sees it. That can be public humiliation for an adult. Maybe a group of people around you stops, gawks, whispers, laughs. Okay. Wayne says if you share a personal opinion or a political view and not just the one person you're talking to, but everyone in the room gangs up on you. That's a big one. Group think. When you go against the group and everybody targets you. It could even be as simple as like, yo, you know that part of that movie? You know that movie? It's like if, it's like everybody knows that movie. You don't know that movie? What? Are you kidding? What, do you live under a rock or something? Are you fucking kidding me? That's public humiliation. Everybody's like, what? Have you never seen? You gotta see what? And everybody jumps in. Public humiliation. These are valid things. These are things that can make you feel small. They can be exceptionally uncomfortable when you're a child. And oftentimes, if we've experienced that trauma as a child, we are, like PTSD, way more likely to be afraid of that as an adult. But let me tell you something, guys. You are an adult. You are a grown-up who can do as you please. I just want to give you this permission that you can walk away from any humiliation, degradation, or disagreement that you want to forever. Period. I give it to you. Freedom. <laughs> you can walk away. You're a grown-up now. Knowing that, knowing that you're a grown-up and you can do whatever you want, should give you some sort of feeling of uh, liberation a little bit. You know, all of a sudden, I can say what I want to. And if you laugh at me, I just walk away. Chances are I'm never going to see you again in my life because we don't go to school together like we did in, <laughs> in elementary. You know, maybe you're my coworker. Maybe you're whomever. Um, but the humiliation part can be, it can be a good factor of why we don't put ourselves out there. Also losing people. Loss. That's another one that we put. What are an, an inhibitor to making good friends or to putting ourselves out there is loss. Growing attached to someone 
and then having them not be there, whether that's through death or relocation or disagreement, but losing them. Evan's right. You really just have to get out of your comfort zone. You really just have to, you have to understand that, you know, whatever's going to happen is going to happen for sure. Um, but loss is a really scary one, especially if you've lost someone in the past. You don't really want to put your heart out there again um, with someone new and trust them and then lose them as well. But I encourage you. Oh, Joe just said something wonderful. Some people are here for a long time and some people are here for a minute. I have always heard it as some are here for a, some friends are for a reason, some are for a season, and some are for life. Now, you never get to choose who's who. There's just some that fill each role. Some are here for a reason. That could be you're down on your luck and you need a place to stay and you're friends for a little while and then that's it. Some are friends for a season. You're going through something. You're both on a, the same page, you know, so you're friends for that little while and you get through it. Some are for life. Those are just the people that, you know, you talk to, you vibe with, you haven't seen each other for 10 years and all of a sudden you show up and you're still laughing just as hard and you say, God damn it, I can't shake you. We've known each other our whole lives and no matter what, it's just, we've just been friends. You don't really get to choose who's who. And if... You have a lifer who just shows up and is easy to be a friend with. You are blessed. But a lot of us have reasons and seasons, friends. Wayne just said something wonderful. He said, I often heard that we should learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And that's the truth here. On this planet, on this rock, this chaotic rock that we are on, we will never be fully comfortable. And if you're fully comfortable, I guarantee you will never be happy. The two don't go hand in hand. We imagine that they should. <laughs> it would be ideal, right? But they really don't go hand in hand. Either you can be comfortable or you can be happy. When you've had people leave you, you have a fear of others leaving. Yeah, it's abandonment. These things that we're afraid of, I just want to pull, pull this little think bubble up to the side and just say, the things that we're afraid of happening to us have likely already happened at some point in our life. And if you've never actually sat down and thought it through of what you're worried about by putting yourself out there, then you'll probably never be able to heal that or change that dynamic that you have or the response that you have. But if you're able to sit down and really take it back and say, well, I've been left in the past and I'm afraid of abandonment and that's why I feel this way. You at least know where it's coming from. You can start working on that. You can see it. You can know it for what it is. You can decide if you want to keep it, if you want to get rid of that thought pattern, if you want to work on it, if you don't care. It's up to you because you're an adult. You can choose whatever you want. But you should reflect on that, really. From my point of view, family can be a tough one. Like you can't get out of that family role and who you were. This is true. This also comes from lifelong friends, the ones that you've known forever, but family's a good one. High school can even be one of those. People know you for who you were, and now you are advanced and a completely different person, but people can't let that image go. That can be really hard. That can definitely be an imposition on making solid friendships or healing ones that you already have. When people don't see you for how you are, how you're showing up, that's definitely hard. The only advice I have with that one is to just to keep showing up the way that you are and not the way that you were. 
And when the way that you were starts to surface, you disappear and don't show up. Until every time you show up, you're a different person. So the only person that they see is the best version and the new version of you. And that's the way it should be in any social situation. Don't show up unless you're at your best. We have this obligation concept in our society that we are obligated and it is our duty to show up, to be there, to do whatever, if we've said so, or just an expectation. And yes, you should be there if you need to be there. If it's a responsibility, if you have a commitment, you should. But let me tell you, you should not be somewhere that does not fulfill you, that does not make you feel good. And you can decide if you want to be around or not. So if you're not at your best, you're not going to be contributing to the situation. Period. There are times I'm just not at my best and I'm not going to hang out with my family because it's just going to be a shit show. And they don't deserve that. I don't want that. Know your limits. Know when it's okay for you to interact and when it's not. This is a huge and very simple and basic skill, but it is a huge turning point when it comes to adult socialization. Know when you want to hang out. Know when you're okay to hang out, when you're prepared to interact. You can choose you're an adult. Jedi said, I have to be at my best on Sunday. Okay. On Sundays, you know that it is your day of work. You are going to be cranking on Sundays, so you have to be at your best, Jedi. So you mentally prepare for that. It probably takes so long for you to prepare for that each week of what's going to go on. But you know on Sundays that that is when you have to show up and check in. For me, I will find, because I am, I'm naturally an introvert, I would rather just hang out with myself and my family. But I also, of course, like all people, then I'm by myself sometimes and I'm like, well, shit, it would be nice to have a friend to do something with. So I've had to work really hard at building those friends, at finding them, putting myself out there, seeing who hangs out with me, seeing who sticks. I've had best friends burn me. I've had strangers become friends. You never know the turn that life is going to take. And unless you risk it, unless you put yourself out there, you're never going to know. You're never going to learn. You're never going to grow. And maybe that friend that was here for a season or a reason, it's not going to be forever and they're eventually going to leave. But if we realize that this is something we have a problem with, we can understand and let them go and you both can be better for it. So friends are meant to be taken at face value. This is a major point. When it comes to adult socialization, we have sometimes very lofty expectations because of friendships we've had in the past or the way we think it should be. And that's fair, but it's also unfair. Because if we're able to change who we are from the past, then so can other people. And so can the dynamics. And what you needed from a friend in high school is not going to be the same thing that you need as an adult. What you needed in elementary school is not the same as middle school. It changes. And we have to be aware of that. So to lower your expectations and allow your friends your social interactions, the associates, your peers, to show up the way that they are and accept them at face value. Just because you've been talking more or you've been sharing your smoke breaks or you've been getting to know each other at work does not mean that this person may develop into being the best friend that you ever had. So if they don't know or they forget about your birthday, don't let it break your heart. This kind of thing. Um, if you've helped someone and you offered and you let them use your truck or you helped them move and suddenly you need help and they're unavailable, 
take it at face value. Don't offer help with, you know, expecting something in return. Friendships don't work that way. And we are very ill-advised to think that they do work that way because they don't. Just because you put into it does not mean you are owed that same amount back. Don't offer to a friendship or a relationship more than you have to offer. Don't have higher hopes than what it could really be. Take it at face value. If they show up for you in a certain moment of need or at a certain season or for a certain reason, celebrate that. But don't have hopes that it's going to be forever because everyone has free choice. So taking face value when a relationship grows or as it develops, don't hope or don't think, well, they should be doing this or they should have done that or I wish they knew. They know better. Instead of thinking those things, take it at face value. When they show up, they show up. If you reach out and it doesn't work, it doesn't always have to work. It doesn't mean it's a bad friend. It just means that life happens. You can't take on all of other people's problems, Evan. You are exactly right. Joe says she tries to be understanding of others and their situations. Absolutely. Be grateful for the time you have. But you've also got to make an effort. And here's this tricky, we have a little conundrum. This is another little cheat for socializing. Sometimes people can give you a lot of excuses. So here, where's the line? People say it's a two-way street. You haven't reached out to me. That's like the favorite line. You know, it's a two-way street, right? You can reach out to me too. So I always try to reach out, but how do you know? How do you know when to reach out and how many times? Like, what is too much? What is socially awkward? Should I be texting them? Should I be calling? Like, is it too weird if I'm reminding them? Here's my rule. This is what I've dumbed it down to. You guys can feel free to adopt this if you want to. I have a rule of three. This works with anything. This works with friends. This works with booty calls. This works with just hanging out and going to a concert. This goes with family members. This goes with whomever. I have a rule of three. I will reach out three times when I genuinely want to. When I really want to interact with you, I will reach out three different times. I'll give you three different shots. I'll give you a heads up. I'll give you advance notice. I'll do whatever to try to link up with you to meet up. If it doesn't work out after three times, I take that as a hint. Now, I don't take it as a sign. Oh, that's what it really is. <laughs> you know, I'm not looking at it like that. Um, but I'm taking it as, you know what, I've tried three times. If this was important for them or if this is something they really wanted, then they would have, it would have worked out. And if not, that's fine. They know how to get a hold of me. I'm just going to leave it open-ended and I'll hear from them if I'm supposed to hear from them. If I don't hear from them, my heart is not going to break because they don't owe me anything. I'm going to just say that life is going in a different direction and maybe we'll touch base, maybe not. Right? Strike three. Three strikes. If it doesn't work out after three tries, I let it go. And I think that's fair. If you've also tried three times and they haven't after the third time, why try again? Only three. Don't exceed three. Evan, it's childish, but I do that, saying, why is it always me that has to call or reach out? Well, because that's what you got to do. That's the effort that it does require as an adult. You know, it does require that. And it sucks because some people really just aren't good at reaching out. So when you think about it, we really rely on those friends who are reaching out. Because for me, I got so many things going on that I'm thinking about my friends all the time. And I'm sending them memes and I'm sending them funny things. But like, I can't always get together. So when they come up with an opportunity, yes, I'm there. I'll be there. I'm so sorry I haven't reached out. I'm so glad you came up with something. It's such a blessing for them to come up with a plan and reach out to me. Love that. Now, it doesn't always seem fair, but I try to make up for it in different ways. 
So once we hang out, then I'll carry the bill. I'll take care of dinner. I will make sure I drive. People at face value. So if you're the reacher outer, don't get discouraged, especially if it's working. If it's not working, give it the rule of three. This is something I stick to because sometimes I really struggle with social cues and I don't understand what someone's saying. Are they trying to get away from me? Are they trying to hang out? Is this a real thing? I have a hard time with that and I know I'm not alone. The last topic that I want to get into on this is dealing with disagreements. Now we've talked about meeting, we've talked about maintaining, talked about dealing with friendships and interactions and reading those cues. Now I want to talk about disagreements because we let disagreements really end a lot of friendships. Today's day and age, if you are on the Facebook, you are definitely seeing it, probably participating in it. (laughs) The back and forth game, the disagreements. If you want to be a good friend and you want to get good friends, you're going to have to follow the rules of being a good friend. That's having manners. That's speaking with kindness. That's using pleases and thank yous. That's being considerate and controlling yourself. Taking a time out when things get heated. Adults think they're above these rules. And disagreements are not something that we handle well in our society. Not at all. We need to learn about our triggers and handle the way that we respond to those. Sometimes when we have our own ideas and we're our own convictions and our own priorities, and somebody seems to disagree with those, we can see it as a challenge. I want to just remind you that just because someone does not agree with you does not always mean that they're challenging you. Because if you feel challenged, you will not see that person in front of you, you will just see your point of view, and you can really hurt some friendships in the process. We need to be more understanding of others. Yes, Joe, we do. And if you want to interact, you can totally, like Wayne says, you always try to see something from their side. I'll ask how they came to that view. And sometimes that can be taken wrong. Absolutely. But they're taking that as a challenge. Now, we can't control other people, but we can can control the way that we respond to certain situations. And I don't care if you are the most eloquent, if you are the most um, reserved, respectful, whatever, the ultimate human being, if you can't keep your cool when you come under pressure, your value is not very high. You're worth very little in your ability to communicate, in your ability to move forward and grow and help the world. Because anybody can be good when they're unchallenged when things are easy and things are smooth. But if someone on Facebook likes a different political party than you do and you lose your mind over that and you can't stop thinking about that, that says a lot more about you than it does about them. Okay? If you find yourself having internal conversations in your head with that person, with the things that you should have said or that you could have said or whatever, that says a lot more about you than it does about them. So I want to just encourage everyone to be mindful of the expectations that we have of small children. Our small children in elementary schools all over the world, the basic principles that we ask them to adhere to. 
and reflect on the way how well you may or may not follow those same rules. There is a reason that we have those. We teach our children to abide by these social rules and social skills so that they can be a good friend and make good friends. The same rules, the same basics apply to us as adults. All right? So these are adult social skills. We gave you a couple cool prompts, a couple cool ideas of ways to start communication, of ways to practice your social skills, uh, different conversations to have, different ways to approach things. I hope that this is helpful because adult socialization is not hard. We just are afraid of it. (laughs) If we're being honest, it's not a difficult situation. It is not hard to go out there and to make new friends. If you know what you're into, if you know what you like, if you're willing to be brave. So that's the moral of the story, guys. Be brave. Be bold. Put yourself out there. Try it out. See what happens. See if you can make a friend. If you're publicly humiliated, be reminded that you can just walk away. You can hold it down. And eventually... You can make some friends. (laughs) Maybe even more than that. Maybe you can find the love of your life. (laughs) You can land the job of your dreams. Whatever it is. Get yourself out there. Just be bold. Be brave. Take baby steps. Be easy on yourself. And good luck. (laughs) If you want to make some instant friends, feel free to join us on stream. Kick live every single day. (laughs) I'm popping on in and out. We have some fantastic friends who are willing to chat and hear your side without being aggressive, without attacking. This is a safe space online. You can also reach out to us individually and independently if you would like through the website, through the email. And if you would like to do a little one-on-one and have a private conversation and chat with me, please book a smoke session that's also available on the website. Smoke sessions go from 15 minutes to 45, and we just sit and chat. Even if you don't smoke, it's fine. These are intellectual conversations where we can get real one-on-one, and I thoroughly enjoy them. If you're just a fan of the podcast and of the stream, check out the merch. Each design has been made by yours truly, but the concepts have come up that we've gotten have been a collective effort, so those are pretty fun in there. In the meantime... Check out the rest of the the podcast episodes. We've got quite a few going on. So thank you guys for your support. Thank you guys for checking in, for having the conversation, for holding it down. We love new friends. Good luck on making yours. (laughs) Until next time, guys. See you later. Thanks for tuning in and joining us for the Smoke Show podcast. I am super grateful for each of you, not only the listeners, but the people who come in on stream, who encourage and reach out to each other throughout the week and in between episodes. You guys are the realist and you are the reason that I'm doing this. I assure you that I am learning far more from you than you are from me. So your knowledge is invaluable. If you have enjoyed this episode, please make sure that you hit the favorite so that way you can revisit our future episodes. If you'd like to join us live, you can do so by joining Kick Live and finding me on there. <laughs> My name is Smoke Show 420. The O's are zeros. So S M 0 K 
K-E-S-H-0-W-4-2-0. You can find me there. Join the chats. It's a lot of fun. It's entertaining. It is not for the weak of heart. (laughs) So if you got thick skin and you want to dive in, please join me there. If you have other questions and the stream is not a place that you would like to check out, then I encourage you to join the website. It's 420xxx.live, L-I-V-E. That's 420xxx.live. It is not a .com. It's a .live, like our live streams and our live conversations and our live recordings. So find me there. You can ask different questions for the podcast episodes. You can give your insight, your feedback. You can check out different contests and rewards that I have available each month. You can get connected. You can find your people, your community. We have all sorts of conversations and we are really grateful and excited for every new member who decides to get involved. Join us on Reddit. Check us out online, Instagram, whatever way you need to. We got all the socials, all the things. So thank you for joining. Thanks for tuning in. Can't wait to hear from you guys again. And as always, be good or be good at it. (laughs) We'll see you next time.